It was a bright cold morning in Hyde Park, and a detachment of household cavalry was riding along North Carriage Drive in parade dress, escorting a tumbrel of condemned prisoners to Marble Arch. Imp, Jeremy Starkey, also known as the Impresario, paused beside the Peter Pan statue to watch. A tall, skinny man in his early twenties, with swept-back hair and a narrow, intense face, Imp might have been a grown-up Pan himself, a Peter Pan who'd lost his wings and grown up hard and cynical under the aegis of the new management. He tugged his scarf with unease, then checked his counterfeit Mickey Mouse watch. He wasn't going to be late to the meeting with his sister and her lawyer if he took an extra ten minutes, he decided. Nevertheless, he drew his disreputable duster tight and hunched his shoulders. A chill wind was blowing, as if practising to set the cartful of fettered felons swinging once they danced the Tyburn tango. It was 2017, yet some things in bloody England never changed. Albeit, not quite everything. Cavalry soldiers in polished silver cuirasses riding huge animals through the park were nothing new, but beside their cuirasses and high-plumed helmets, these riders wore polished steel plate that covered them from head to foot with wireless headsets and grenade launchers, quadrator observation drones whining overhead. Their faces were blank behind curves of bulletproof mirror glass. Their horse-like steeds had sickle-bladed claws on either side of their hooves. Their heads bore fanged maws and the front-pointing eyes of predators. Someone was clearly concerned about rescue attempts. Imp shuddered and looked away from the dour procession. The distant noise of the crowd gathering around Marble Arch to watch the execution hurt his ears. He didn't want to hear the taunts of idiot rubberneckers who couldn't imagine that one day it might be them. Not my circus, not my monkeys, Imp muttered under his breath. Not my holiday, not my hanging, he meant. He brought his roll up to his lips and began to inhale, but the joint had burnt out, and besides it was down to the roach. He walked across to the dog waste bin and dumped it, then continued on his way. It wouldn't do to keep Eve and her solicitor waiting, even though he feared the coming meeting almost as much as his own personal execution. There's a fine line between love and hate, Eve reflected as she watched her brother explain his mistake to the solicitor. Will she testify against me if I murder him? Eve asked herself. Is provocation a defence? Like her brother, Eve was tall and lanky, but there the resemblance ended. She'd carefully curated her image as a blue-eyed ice queen in a designer suit a penchant for sudden death downsizings and the warm and friendly disposition of an angry wasp, 
went with the territory. It had been utterly essential while she'd been Rupert's executive assistant, but now she wondered if the weight of armour she wore was worth the cost. Even the lawyer seemed leery of her. The solicitor cleared her throat, glanced at Eve for permission, then addressed Imp. Let me get this straight, Mr. Starkey. You didn't ask your sister to confirm that she was undergoing a security clearance background check. You did not seek professional advice before initialing every page of the uh, non-disclosure agreement and the witness statement attached to it. You didn't read pages 2 through 26. You did not ask for a translation of section 13, paragraphs 4 through 6, even though it was written in medieval Norman French.